You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please 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 give us that five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can go ahead and like share subscribe follow throw out some of those facebook gaming stars at us it is truly appreciated. We're back once again for a Lakers Championship Roundtable Part D2 coming right back at you. And we're going to cover some of the topics that are out there as far as that's going on. And here today to talk about some of those topics are great guests indeed. It is the guys from Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation if you're a Lakers fan or a fan of the NBA at Lakerholics.com, where they're talking a lot of great topics, including some upcoming articles from Jamie Sweet, Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, and, of course, Laker Tom. And you never know, one might sneak in there from myself as well. It is Lakerholics.com, and I'll tell you what, it's great to have all the guys here right now, although Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies is not here today, could not make it, he wanted to, but... If you go ahead and check out my conversation with him on his channel, where I cover the mock draft in not only one but two parts, it is truly appreciated. It's gotten a lot of traffic, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Maybe I'm a superstar and I don't even know it. But it is getting a lot of volume there at NBA Draft Junkies. Well, there is a lot of topics to cover for today. In fact, a lot of ideas that we're throwing out there for this season, this off season, I should say. And... You know what? I'm going to go ahead and start off with the topic that I think we should talk about first and foremost, and that is the date of when the season might begin, because it's gone back and forth, back and forth, as you see the guys right now doing. I mean, at the last time we heard officially, well, almost almost officially, we heard Adam Silver during the course of the finals go ahead and the kind of lean towards a 2021 start February was rumored. Maybe Martin Luther King's junior birthday, like I said, in January was talked about. But now the December 1st date looks like it's going to be moved closer. If you le- if you read the latest reports and everybody's screaming on ESPN that it's getting closer back to Christmas, where we once thought it would actually start. It's not actually going to start on Christmas, but just before. They just wanted to go ahead and season maybe about a week before, a couple days before, what have you. But the NBA doesn't want to give up its precious Christmas Day offerings because they'll feel that the NFL or college football will 
snap it on up. So here today to talk about everything that's going on within the realm of the NBA offseason and the offseason for the Lakers, our three great guests indeed. It is Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, Jamie Sweet, five great things, and of course the mastermind himself of Lakerholics.com, Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I'm going to start with you. You say I don't start with you enough, so I will go ahead and start with you, my friend. Is the maybe couple days or a week before Christmas the right time to start for the NBA? I think it is. I mean, they apparently have done studies, and it's worth a worth a, a lot of money to get those games in and, and to get that season going. I also think a big factor is that they, they're they planning on a 72-game season as it stands, and, and the whole goal of that is really to try to get back onto the regular schedule where the season starts in October so that the 2022 season could be hopefully back to normal with fans and so forth. They've talked um, about reducing it to as little as 72 games from what I'm hearing as well. Yeah, they want to keep that 60 game, that 70 game threshold that a, a lot of the uh, local TV contracts have so that those will stay intact. And maybe um, possibly being all, eligible for the Olympics as well. Yep. And I think it's also a, a reflection of the fact that they, the coronavirus pandemic is not slowing down and it doesn't look like it's going to be fans in the arenas you know, when they open up. And, and originally they were thinking maybe even by January or February, you know, we might have a lot of things to look forward to and maybe fans could start going back with well, vaccines. Well, depending on the state, you can actually have a limited number of fans in the arena. Right. Possibly, possibly. It just depends where you are and what the situation is locally. Yeah. So I think it's a smart move. It kind of has some interesting aspects about it because it's going to definitely shorten the off season as a fan, you got to love it because we just finished the, we just finished with the finals. And now, you know, we're going to get a Christmas present. There we're going to go. have NBA basketball back in with hardly an off season. You're going to take the draft free agency and the yes. trade session, cram it all together into one delicious, you know, package. Not so good in some ways though, because I mean, you can say for the Lakers, it's great because they finished, running on all cylinders and, and really playing healthy. well, but LeBron's not going to have that big layoff that he has every year to, you know, to recuperate and to revigorate his body. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting, it's an interesting subject of trade-offs. I think what it's going to lead to is another one of those years where guys like Pat Riley, sore losers are going to want to stick an asterisk on whoever wins that championship. And you know, the Celtics are going to jump on the fact that, the 17th and 18th Lakers championships were won with asterisks on them. So, but at any rate, I'll take it as a fan. Uh, I think the Lakers can just keep rolling. I do see some problems, which we'll talk about in being able to bring back all of the key players they need to bring back. All in all, uh, I'm happy with the news. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, the. you know, I mean, I doubt that we're going to be able to get together with my family my kid, my grandkids, and my son and daughter-in-law, the way we do every Christmas. But maybe at least I'll be able to watch the Lakers on TV. Well, you know what they say, the best NBA teams skate through the last 10 games of the year anyways. So you might as well just rub them out anyways and just go ahead and pitch them. Although the revenue lost from it obviously is something in a more serious tone that is going to hurt the league, at least initially, and you'll see that on next year's salary cap, but it'll be a less of a financial hit 
still a financial hit because you got to consider again there's going to be very few people that will actually be able to witness live in arena attendance and things of that nature so it's something of a concern indeed but i also want to get jamie involved in this i mean in my how, how are you digging the uh the whole week or maybe a couple of days before christmas so they can get it started on christmas i mean it's very important to them obviously to keep that window of christmas so that because they realize that to the general public out there that's when they start watching the nba i mean i think it's it's uh, economically it makes a lot of sense i think players health wise it makes a lot less sense especially for teams that went deep into the bubble uh deep into the playoffs for teams that never went into the bubble it's great they've been you know getting their act together trying to figure out you know probably have having mini camps since the second bubble never materialized i think they were just allowed to do mini camps which i would like to someday hear some reason as to why that second bubble never materialized it was like given a green light yeah i guess but like i would just like to hear like oh and by the way it's not happening i mean we know it's not happening but you know no i know it. it's always about money when they say it's, it's always about, about well, money it's always about money that's why the christmas that's why they're moving the schedule up so aggressively i i mean from a fan i guess i'm enjoy i enjoy the notion of it i would prefer to see guys like you know personally as a laker fan i prefer to see guys like kuzma and, and tht have a little more time to work on their game before the season started so that they're you know have some more development under their belts uh i will even add that it's a little bit of putting the cart before the horse because we still don't even have the, the the union and the owners still haven't agreed to the parameters of the season. Uh, they're still having and hawing over the BRI and things like that. And uh, a lockout, uh, you know, the, the, the lockout still isn't a foregone, you know, uncertainty. It, it, it still could happen in theory. I, I don't think it will, but it could. So uh, I, I'm, I'm like 50, 50, I'm kind of excited, but I, I think I would rather push it back to MLK, which would, I think tie into a Middle lot of, of social... January. Yeah. Or even like just before uh, February, Somewhere in there, somewhere in there. It's an extra five-ish weeks, six weeks, and that's a lot of time uh, for players to recuperate, teams to kind of get their ducks in a row, and everybody to kind of, you know, get back from whatever last, you know, a year solid of basketball, which all of that was takes a toll. So uh, if they do come back, I think, you know, you'll see some LeBron James load management. I think you'll see some AD load management. Uh, I think you'll see... If Danny Green's on the team still, Danny Green, Rondo, those guys, veterans who have been in the league 10 plus years, load management. We'll see. First, I want to hear that we're having a season. <laughs> Whenever it happens is secondary, but we got to have a season. So, And I don't want to go off as someone who always cried for a spill milk. Oh, the Lakers won a championship. Oh, they got to have so much rest. Oh, got to. Because you know what? It's what happens when you go ahead and, and get all the way to the finals and win your 17th championship. You're going to have a shorter turnaround than anybody else. I mean, a team like Miami is worse off than the Lakers because the Lakers are relatively healthy outside of some... I don't the, think the, so. Well, I think comparison... Compar what? Who is not healthy outside of AD? Oh, no. That I agree with you on. My point was, I, I think if we do have a season, it's going to benefit the teams that have continuity. I mean, and Miami's one of those teams. Well, Miami's still got to get healthy themselves. So, I mean, we no, don't no, know the status of, of, of Bam Adebayo's shoulder. Could be something where, or neck, could he could you know, necessitate surgery or just time off. Goran Dragic, if they try to sign him back, what about his foot? You know, there's there are questions for them. But there's but also... They have their 
core. They have their core. Robinson, yeah. Crow, Butler, Adebayo. They, they will make it core. back. Well, Pat, Pat Riley has said he's going to willing run. He's willing to run it back the way as is. I think because he is aware that it's going to be a fast turnaround and any moves that are made, it's going to have to be done very quickly. And I'm not sure everyone is set up for that. So he may just be saying, you know what? We made it to the finals with this team. We're going to go ahead and just run it back and take our chances from there until Giannis Antetokounmpo lines himself up for free agency, as many expect in later on in 2021. But Sean, I want to ask you, my friend, I mean, this is something that's obviously not going to, well, you said you it's going to benefit the Lakers. I'm not so sure. I think the Lakers could have been something more of Jamie's uh, suggestion that MLK or even going into February 1st as a starting point would have been better. But again, I can't cry over spilt milk because the Lakers won the championship. We'll take it every time. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. And I don't think the philosophy should just be if if we do have another truncated season and it starts in December, we don't have to start in super turbo mode in with. There you go. Well, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. We don't have to start super turbo mode, but we do have to start into super <laughs> defensive mode and get that going All because, sense. yeah, that All has right. to always remain a constant. And if it doesn't, you know, if you don't emulate everything that you did right, that bad habits start to form. So, you, it, yeah. and not, not every team can pick up those good habits once again in the playoffs. So you just can't always turn it on, as we saw in the bubble. Go ahead, Jamie. I was just going to say it would also, I think, harm players relying on the draft or wanting to see what they get back in the draft because you're going to have a lot less time to work your players out. Yes, you're going to have a lot less time to do workouts and like get your new new players up to speed. So. Jamie, I was also going to say, speaking of, of uh, the coronavirus, the NBA has an international team in another country. So that has to all work itself out, too. Because right now the border is closed between the United States and Canada. Syracuse, man. Yeah. Syracuse Raptors. That's where it looks like the Raps are going to be, be home, Tom, for sure. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, there's a lot more things that have to be worked out. A lot of logistics over the next 60 days has to be worked out. And Laker Tom, there are things, before I hit Jamie's list that everybody's watching on Facebook Live and seeing I want to hit up your list on some things in the offseason that you want covered. I hit mine, which was the date. And obviously, we could talk going forward about all the you know, the players you maybe want to target or some of the issues you want to make concern yourself with if you're a Lakers fan or an NBA fan as a whole. So I will start with you, Laker Tom, and then I will save the back half of the show for Jamie's topics. And then next week, we'll go ahead with Sean's. If we don't do that, we'll be here till next Tuesday. So I want to go ahead and Laker Tom, start with you, my friend, on some topics that you want to cover for this offseason for the Lakers. Well, I think one of the most interesting things that 
we still haven't heard from the league exactly what is going to be the salary cap for next year. Um, they've got some big decisions to be made, and, and now we've got less time to make them and more pressure to make them quickly. But assuming that the news that we've heard that they're going to try to to keep the salary cap pretty flat around 109 million per team, one of the things that I've been really working on over the last week has been the implications of the various moves that the Lakers need to make. We have we have four players basically that we want to bring back: Anthony Davis, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo, and Mark Keith Morris, all of whom have player options and can be free agents. The problem the Lakers have is that they're going to, if they give raises to every one of those players, they're in danger of getting to the point where if they get hard capped, they won't have enough money to fill out the roster. So there's some real difficulties in being able to give the, I mean, I would like to, I would like to give uh, KCP a raise from eight and a half to 12 million. And I think he's going to get offers in that range. And then I'd like to give Rondo a raise up above the room MLE of 5 million. So that means 6 million. That's another three and a half million. You want to give uh, uh, AD is going to get a 32.7 increase from 28.5. He's being paid now. That's three and a half million more. So you've already spent $10 million. And then and then you've got Markeith Morris, who's a free agent. So if you want to bring him back, he's probably going to at least be worth three and a half. You got Dwight Howard. You know, we're not going to be able to bring all of them back, probably, unless we decided just to roll it back the way it was. And then you've got a bunch of free agents out there who, I mean, I've spent the whole week basically enamored with uh, Christian Wood, who you brought up in the trade that you proposed earlier this year for uh, for uh, Derrick Rose. And uh, Wood is is just a fabulous talent. He's maybe like a he's basically a raw, lighter version of Anthony Davis. And the you know, in my, one of my articles, I pointed out that. Teams are going to want to get this guy because he's exactly the kind of guy you want to put on Davis to match him. He can he's got the length and speed and 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 rim rim protection and perimeter defense to be able to guard him and at the same time, you know, so he's the kind of guy that but he doesn't have the strength. For. He does not have yeah. the strength. That's not he something may not that... have the strength now, but he's an awful aggressive guy and and you know, you see him, you watch him play in those videos and you watch the shots that he blocks. He's a force, and he could. He might be able well, yeah, to be. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm he just saying be, he might be able to be had for the MLE, possibly. Well, but the I, problem I, is, if you use the MLE or the BAE or do a sign and trade, you're hard capped at 139 million, and that means that if you can only pay 12 players, that's all you're going to have on your team. You can't add a 13th player. So there's a big issue there for the Lakers. In you can't just run it back with the existing team. Let's say the eight guys that are really the key players and still have money left over to go out and bring in free agents. You still can trade. And I think one of the things the Lakers may be looking for, a, a team that they can trade with that has cap space. Um, the Detroit Pistons are one of those teams. You can you can give them fifteen you can give them twenty million dollars in contracts for a fifteen million dollar sign and trade for a guy like Christian Wood and and it really allows you then to use your MLE and other assets. So this is a Rob Palenka summer or off season. I mean, it's the same thing as Raphael was saying. You keep wanting to write summer. 
every time you talk about the off season, but you got to substitute off season, which is a longer word. It screws up the noun of paragraphs and stuff. So anyway, I think that that's one issue. I think then the, the next issue is what do the Lakers need? They have four needs as far as I can see. They need a third scorer, a reliable third scorer. They need another playmaker. Even if they have Rondo, they really could use another playmaker. And they need an elite wing defender, somebody like Harkless from the Knicks. And then finally, they could use a stretch a stretch big man like, like Turner or like Wood or, or like Aaron Baines from the Suns. So it's an interesting question to see what Rob Palenka does. And then top on, on top of all of that, you have this whole grand plan to save all of your cap space so that you only have LeBron and AD as the only two players under contract when they head into the 2021 offseason. So a lot of a lot of things are going to happen, and it looks like they're going to happen fast. So it'll be a going to be a wild. If we thought the season was wild and woolly last time, this offseason is going to set <laughs> new records for unprecedented decisions and fast moves. Um, we may see a lot of free agents just sign for one-year deals, you know, waiting, you know, just almost writing off this season and saying, I'm going to wait till next year when there's a lot of teams with free agency money and when a season isn't going to be so distorted by fewer games and, and no off season to get ready. It's going to be hard for players to come in who have revamped their games because they won't have the time to do it. Wild and woolly times ahead for the NBA in this off season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do. Uh, chances are they may bring back all of the players that they really want, probably lose Howard and hope to hit a home run with a trade. Or pick up Cousins and then also don't yeah, sleep on cousins, cousins will be fine, but the worry you have about him, let's say if you trade Cousins for, for Howard, uh, that helps us on offense, but it really hurts us on defense. We don't have that, we don't have that banger that we can put up against uh, when, you play, when you play the Nuggets, for example. Who's uh, going to keep Joker from just moving you moving you out of the key and so forth don't sleep on cousins yet you never know he might have something no, left yeah he's got a lot left it's boogie cousins man and uh, don't sleep on jamichael green possibly hopping over from one locker room to the other in los angeles that's also could be a good pickup for the lakers brings height brings skill and also brings yeah. an outside shot to the team so don't be surprised if the lakers uh, you know target him if they can't afford what Christian Wood is looking at for a, I'm assuming he's going to probably do a one-year deal as well. But Clippers, Clippers are interesting because they they're one of the teams that would like to have till February, like mm-hmm. JB was saying, to uh, straighten out all of their issues. Uh, well, okay, to give Ty Lue some time to put some yeah. stuff together. You know, it's going to be like oh, new all coach, right. new system. A lot of reasons to wait, but you know, money talks. Money talks. Sean, I want to go ahead, before we go ahead and hit up the topics that Jamie has brought up, I want to go ahead and hit you up on one thing. How important is Luol Deng for the Lakers in 2020? <laughs> you think you think that's funny? I don't think it's funny. Because, because all those things that Tom had just mentioned about who we want to get, who we want to pick up, who we want to go ahead and, Why they're and doing deal it. for... That yeah. may all be precluded because you can't get Luol Deng's money off the books. So how important, again, I will say this again, how important is Luol Deng to the title hopes for 2021? 
very important. And he's very important the following year, too. Yes. He's got five million left this, uh, this year, and it's five million again the following year. Thanks, so Mitch Kupchak. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Mitch. Um, yeah, so like the trades I'm seeing, like being analyzed or being like the Lakers can't afford to give up what they have left in the cupboard because there's not a whole hell of a lot there. Would you suggest? Wanna, okay, let me ask you this. Let me throw this out. I don't want Would you I give up the number one to give up Lou Deng's contract? Because I sure would. Yeah, I would. But see, I don't want to give up Kuzma and a first in any trade. You you have to save I would. at least one, possibly two of those. No, I, would. I don't think so, man. It de- it de- you it know depends what? on the trade. It depends well, it on who you get back. Yeah. It depends on the trade. It does. It does. Yeah, it does depend yeah. on the trade. But You're not going to give them up for nothing, that's for sure. I agree again, there. Again, there's not a whole hell of a lot there, and we need to we need to be thrifty kind of during this period with free agents. Like, here's here's an example. Here's an example. Okay. So to play twenty five or thirty. Did you beca- Are you are you sure you're not talking about the Houston Rockets? Because you know their owners kind of thrifty. <laughs> this is the time you need to be aggressive when all these other teams are being Gerald, thrifty. You Gerald, need to be aggressive to ensure yourself another title. You need to fortify a lot of positions, my friend. This is when you that, need to be no. more aggressive than any other. Well, we have to be during the trade. During in the in the trade market, but during free agency, we have to be Macklemore and go to the thrift shopping, baby. That's what we need in free agency. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you went there. Okay, all right. But Great anyway, reference. Great you know, reference. To be to be a big man, especially in the West, but in this league right now, and to play twenty five to thirty minutes, you need to be able to do things. You need to be able to hedge screens extremely well. You need to be able to absorb contact at the rim. And you need to be able to, in good order, be able to transition from one position to another. Where you're also going to get, remember, there's also going to be a lot of veterans lining up for to jump on the Lakers and on a supposed championship winning team, which Tom has already assured people out there that they are going to win next year, that if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of players that want to line up for that on cheap one-year deals. Like, and yep. you got, and, and I'm telling you right My now, team. you My need team. to go. Well, you've already got 2021 20, locked up for us. Then thank you very much for doing that. But uh, <laughs> I say that right now, it has to be something done as far as some of the back end of the rotation because it's very suspect. And obviously the shooting is suspect. And there's some things that you do need to shore up before you go ahead and run it back again because they're, you know, they've got Brooklyn, you've got Golden State, you've got a number of teams that are going to be lining up that are once again healthy and able to now provide even more of an obstacle for the Lakers to go ahead and win their 2021 championship. Sean, do you do you think we should bring back Rondo, KCP, Howard, and Morris? I would bring back a couple of those guys, Tom. I wouldn't run them all back. I would say let Rondo go ahead and sign with someone else. You have him get to the point where they can't stand him. He gets waived, and it's back by the Lakers by five, by maybe you know what, May or whatever, just in time I for the playoffs. Take that guy sticking to bandwagon. No, he only plays during the playoffs. You. Well, it's you true. know that. He, that's when he puts on his cape for playoff Rondo and flies away to, to save the day. Hunter. 
if you can switch a Trump voter, that's a double win. And 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 teams like I'm, I'm kidding, of course, are going to love to get Howard from the Lakers. You can't let that happen. Well, Howard is going to sign with someone else. They're going to love to get Rondo from the Lakers. You cannot let that happen. I'm I'm joking on the Dallas reference because you got to remember he he worked his way out in a record amount of time in Dallas. I know, but you're, you're like Pat Riley saying the A word, you know. You know the A word. Yeah, there's plenty of A words. Yes. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't have said asterisk if his team had won. But let's exactly. Let's put it. So that's the exact right thing. Go ahead. Let's get Sean continues. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would offer Casey a three-year deal right here. Like, uh, here's the thing. We have we have a micro and a macro look at this team. You have LeBron for another year, guaranteed. He can opt out after this year. I know Lakers fans thought that when he signed for four years, he was here for four. He actually signed a three for one. So he can decide to opt out next year. So the Lakers and Rapalinka have to plan for one year. You have LeBron. And AD has opted out. Then we why would you what... sign KCP for three years other than the fact that it's all clutch and that's the probably the end of what we're going to have to end up doing because, you know, it's clutch. Well, here's here's why I would offer him a three-year deal, Gerald. For one reason, one, showed very good chemistry with Anthony Davis the whole year defensively. Uh-huh. And any task that AD had for KCP, asked him to move here, move here, put this guy over, did it. They, they worked well together. Secondly, worked amazingly well with him in the finals. That was some, some chemistry I didn't see in the regular season. But obviously, they've developed it through practice. And he's a similar age than AD, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. I, I'm not going to say that's... Right, But right. he is and incredibly I, streaky, and that's just something I, you have to ride his streaks as long as you continue I, to do with that. I agree. I agree. 15, I 16, and I, 17 in the last three playoff games. Again, he's a creepy, you know, let's t- did you talk about his earlier games when he was and he shot extremely right. poorly? He's an incredibly, he's an incredibly streaky player. He's a streaky okay, player. So let's just I say agree. what it is. I agree. I agree. So <laughs> in, in taking that into account, I'd offer him a slightly team-friendly deal, like maybe not the 12 to 14 he's looking for, but maybe he'll settle I'll on I'll do 10-5. 10-5, ten ten maybe five? 11. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. I think he'd take that. But considering he's he's going to give us a discount. No, he's clutch. He'll get 15. Considering you only have LeBron guaranteed for another year, and hopefully Anthony Davis signs long-term, you need somebody else there in the front court to have a defender with him. This is what New Orleans didn't plan for with Anthony Davis. They never put a perimeter defender around him. But Drew Holiday's pretty good, man. He's not on the, but yeah, but all these trade. Tar- I'm just going to say this right now. Tom has some great ideas, people that he Hol- wants to Holiday, go for. Holiday the problem is small. all the That's other teams the that have better assets to deal with than the Lakers. It's going to be extremely difficult for the Lakers to sweet talk any of these teams for these players that that Laker Tom wants because of the fact that there are other teams that have higher assets to do so. I mean, it's just that like, simple. I'm not saying it out of meanness towards Tom. I'm just telling you the realities of what people can throw out, other teams can throw out, as opposed to what the Lakers can. So it's going to be a hard deal. Yes, Sean, go ahead. I had a question for you, Gerald. Uh Uh-oh. So what do you think is more valuable? 
signing Alex to an extension or including him in a trade. Well, I'd that, sign him. That, that, I, I, that guy's the grit and the backbone of this team. Yeah, and plus, you know, he has a great rela- he has a great relationship with LeBron. Is yeah. he not the shooter or the playmaker that you want on the team? On the surface, no. But he provides every other thing that you want. He, he's there, and he provides the grit and the tenacity. He's the backbone of the team. I mean, you've got the stars right up in front, but if it wasn't for Alex Caruso, I, I'm not sure if the team would have gotten it done, or at least it would have been a lot harder. Let's put it that way. I agree with that. I also would say, yeah. add, add this, that we hyped the AD LeBron pick and roll, but the Caruso LeBron pick and roll was the weapon that dismantled teams every game, all the games. Nobody ever figured out how to stop it. I mean, there's a reason Tom loves to go ahead and throw out the plus minus for LeBron and AC is because it's the plus and minus. It's there. It's gaudy. It's it's incredible. It's- so the, and the I mean, if you were to go ahead and trade that, unless you got something really, 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 really good back. It would have to blow Rob Polinka away. Yeah, it it would. And and I mean, on the surface, all these other fans out there, sometimes they can't realize, okay, what is it about AC uh, that gets these Lakers fans an uproar? It's because you see from the inside, you see what he brings to the table. And no, it's not outside shooting. And no, it's not no. playmaking. It's just no. the fact that he does so many others of these intangibles. He's this glue guy. He's the the epitome of what the glue guy is all about. He could be Derek Fisher. Yeah, two point oh. He's, a, he's, a he's actually amazingly close to what Danny Green is for this team in many ways. Well, it's true. He, he, Even though Green embarrasses himself by getting beaten, whereas AC can stay in front of his man. Both of them are at the top of the board when the Lakers, when it comes to net ratings and plus minuses. I, I it's because of all of the little things that they do that that really help the team. Go ahead, Sean. No, I was going to say, actually, I see a lot of uh, John Starks and Alex Caruso. Mm. A lot of John Starks. Mm-hmm. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. I still want to get into what's going on with the team going forward for this offseason. And there's some questions that and th- topics that Jamie brought up. So I want to go ahead and hit his stuff before we head on out. First topic of five great things for Jamie Sweet is what aspects of bubble play would we like to see added to the regular NBA season when it resumes, which looks like it's going to be in late December. So, Tom, I'll hit you up with that first. Go ahead. Um, I thought Jamie's suggestions, there were several really good suggestions. 
I recall the first one was basically more spacing around the court so that for the safety of the players and, and just also for, for feeling a little free, you know, you don't feel like you're crowded in the corner by so much by cameramen or underneath the basket. I think that was an important thing. I definitely think that having the refs mic'd is something that would, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't have done that in the past, just like the NFL to make it a little more clear so they can explain to the audience it may be a virtual audience are explaining it too, but at least the audience that what happened. I do think also too, rather than watching a rabbit run around the perimeter for people to chase him or or to, or to do you know the wave, that it would be great to have a row of uh, of virtual fans around the stadium. You know, uh, then then you could really you know you could put celebrities on there, former players and things of that nature. Podcast uh, hosts. That was great, and I like the idea that Jamie had of, of continuing the the support for for Black Lives Matter and and issues that are important to the Players Association. Can't remember what the fifth one was, Jamie. What did I miss? Uh, it was kind of a throwaway one. It was um, now I'm going to forget. I think you got almost all uh, of them. the ref, the referees being able to communicate what was going on directly mm. to the announcers and be you being able to hear it. It was the piped in the music that uh, the piped in crowd noise that. No, well, no, I'm talking else. about the. Re- oh well, no, 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 the, the, the bigger. The- I want the, bigger the referees. Bench area, the bigger, the bigger bench area. Yeah, the bigger bench area is great, but I also like the, oh, the fact bigger bench that, area, right? But the referees being able to communicate so you can understand everything that's going on with this is great for. I, I cannot speak enough great things about it because it was just a a big move by the NBA. I think it it really makes the game more interesting. You understand it. You're not being told everything by an announcer by or maybe an interpretation of it. It's direct exactly. from the referees. Yep. So you, you, there's no middleman in between it or middlewoman if there's a, a, a when there's a female referee. So it's, the open sidelines, I think, are going to be important because we're going to start off most places, I think, with at least some social distancing of the crowds. So there's really no need to, to, to give those $500 front row seats to – to put them right, you know, right next to the court. I think they're yeah, worth a little more than five hundred dollars. Plenty of room, and and they've got a great sight of view. So, you know, there's a chance there that that some of these things that Jamie was talking about could be adopted into the into the regular season of the game and and improve it. Sean, I want to ask you the next question, or unless Jamie, you had something to add on your own topic. You're good. Okay. The next question on the list for Jamie on five great things for the Lakers podcast today is, is Vogel the T2 version of a coach, i.e. does he adapt to adverse situations better because he lacks an overarching style or philosophy? You know, his narrative, I think, has been pretty much drawn out for as far as him not being the clear cut fourth choice. He may have been the fifth choice. I mean, and his seat was considered to already be warm upon entering it because everybody thought he was going to be replaced by Jason Kidd by December. So he (laughs) has had the challenges from day one and yet exceeded and surpassed them all with an emphasis and focus on defense. And even when Laker Tom was screaming at him how angry he was for not making a change here, not making a change there, he not making a change. He made those changes. He eventually all, made those changes. And at the it. and at the right times, because look what the ultimate outcome was. So I want to ask you, Jamie, is Jamie's question, 
is Vogel the T2 version of a coach? And I don't know why he said T2 version in that case. I've, I've now got Robert Patrick on the mind, thinking he's, you know, he's going to, Frank Vogel's going to morph into Robert Patrick and just have these arms, right? You know, let's say, let's say like James Harden's dribbling down the court and all of a sudden he's going to get whacked by like an what extended arm. Terminator because it's two. Gonna, it can adapt Terminator to two. Terminator two. Because yes. it can adapt to become anything. Yeah, it's yeah. not reliant so, on one form or strategy. So, so that that's interesting. It's kind of a confluence of ideas here. Gerald brought up uh, as a topic, I believe, last week until we changed it was the different philosophies of that coaches have, and I would put Vogel in a category with, say, a Nick Nurse and a Taylor Jenkins in Memphis in that they're mutable. They do change their styles. I see I see play. two heads shaking yes, I see one shaking no. So Well, I mean I mean I'll let the Vogel listeners did, out there guess who that might be. Vogel did did play a form of microball in the finals. He put he put Morris at the at the five. The fact that he adapted and wasn't rigid on his style of coaching, my way or the highway the fact that he adjusted on the fly, maybe not as fast as Laker Tom would have, would have liked, but ultimately when you win 4-1, 4-1, 4-1, and 4-2, you're doing something right. And, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of it has to do with LeBron and AD, but you know what? Even with those two, if it weren't for the Lakers' focus on the defensive end, the defensive schemes, and the ability to go ahead and adjust those schemes, even with the Lakers not being a premier shooting team, even with the Lakers have a lot of faults on the ha- in their half-court offense, they brought it on the defensive end in the playoffs, and that's what ultimately got it done, and that starts right with the coaching staff. But that's his philosophy. That's the point that I disagree with. I don't disagree that Frank made great adjustments and that he should be in that class of coaches who, who make the great adjustments, but the first part of, of that statement is what I disagree with because he was a coach who was – had a very definite style. He was a rim protection, throw the ball down low type of coach until he got out of Indiana. Then he changed when he was doing his little sojourn in in Orlando because he all of a sudden switched offensively to understanding the importance of three-point shooting. But he still always, even to this day, has believed strongly in one principle, which is defense starts at the rim and works out, not the other way around. And he applied that and he used that and adapted that to a small ball philosophy. So I think that was the terrific thing about Frank Vogel is that he had as big as strong a philosophy-based coaching style as Mike D'Antoni did. But unlike D'Antoni, he was willing to make adjustments as he moved on and as he evolved as a head coach and including terrific adjustments that he made all through the finals. And and all of those adjustments that I kept screaming for him to do, he went through and finally came through and did every single one of them. It took him till the seventh game or the sixth game of the finals to do the last one. But my God, what a great thing that he did in putting together. He was the coach of the year and should have gotten it. And on Lakerholics.com, he did receive the coach of the year award. Well, well, well go ahead, Sean. Well, well, no, Gerald, I was just going to say, I mean, before Bill Belichick became this Svengali god in Boston, Cleveland was And you know, I sorry for the language, Cheryl, but I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, you know, coaches evolve. That's that's the point of this gig. Is some do. You gotta, 
Tell that to Budenholzer. Or Dan oh, Tony. Oh, or Dan Tony. Yeah. But again, you follow the, the lead of Laker Tom, who does it on the, on his own when he's half drunk anyways for after Lakers championship victory. So just after game six, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, My yeah. bad. Haven't had a, haven't had a drop. Don't worry, then. Sean. Don't worry, Sean. You're <laughs> it's okay. Laker Tom has done it all too many times before. He's already created many a nightmare for me in post. But be that as it may, at least I still like the best thing about that as far as the T2 t- statement. Because if we can get to where he can clone himself into Robert Patrick and, you know, right there on the sidelines and be able to somehow, like, extend his arms, I think that would actually work best. But, Jamie, on, on that topic, is there anything you want to add? Because it was your topic, so. I mean, I, I just would say that, like, everybody kind of harped on it, right? Like, the idea that there's not one way to win a basketball game. And and mainly, I think the the biggest philosophy that he has is to get out of the player's way, to let the players be themselves. That was like Phil's overarching strength as a coach is that, yeah, he had a foundational philosophy that he based on his offense on. And they basically prioritized defense as much as any team ever did, which always goes under notice. But he got out of Michael's way while still not letting one player destroy the team identity. Uh, and that, I think, is something that Vogel does pretty well. You know, it's like, we're going to let LeBron James be LeBron James on offense, but not to the detriment of the team. And that's not an easy walk to walk. You know, it's not easy to say, like, superstar, go be a superstar, but don't leave the team behind. You know, you can see how hard it was in, in any generation of basketball, any era of basketball. Uh, it's why Wilt didn't win a ton of championships. You know, Wilt went out and won, did Wilt for st- far too many years if he wanted to be. I mean, back then, the the whole who's going to be the greatest player, I don't think came up to the degree that it does nowadays. In all honesty, I don't think Wilt Chamberlain would have cared one way or the other. It's not his cup of tea. But yeah, it's just I, I really appreciated how Frank Vogel was able to, you know, we, we talk about guys like Caruso and Green and, and, and some of the other role players. I think that they're emboldened by a coach like Frank Vogel and allowed to be themselves to a degree that maybe another coach would be like, you know, let's, I mean, not to harp on not to, you know, keep pillarizing and throwing darts at Mike D'Antoni, uh, which I really could do for days, but I, I won't. I don't have a – I have almost zero love for uh, rootin' tootin' uh, Mike D'Antoni and his <laughs> just chuck it up system. But uh, I, I, I think that, like, when they traded Clint Capella, it was as clear a sign as anything. And, like, even the issues that Dwight Harden had with Chris Paul, who's a James far Harden. better – said Dwight Harden. Sorry, sorry. Well, and Dwight Howard and Chris Paul. James Harden had issues with all of them in the boat. There you go. Same problem. But same problem. Like you're not, you're not letting me be me. And and uh, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for what James Harden can do and and does. Some of those me's aren't the right me's. (laughs) Well, that's the problem, right? Like he he would win more if he did less. And it's a hard pill for some athletes to swallow especially athletes who are at the top of their game. I mean, it's uh, Kobe had a hard time swallowing that pill until he got Pau Gasol and, and saw like what they could do together with a team that believed in what they were doing. And so I, that's what I think uh, is Frank's great. And, and the T2 reference is just because that could change into anything. And I felt like the Lakers really were able to change into anything in the postseason. They went from kind of a plodding half court, slow moving beast in the seeding games to uh, an elite transition defense fueled microball at times and everybody bought in on the defensive end is kind of the main thing so it's hard for a coach to get anybody to do that and when your superstars do it it makes it easier so 
Well, I think they saw the ultimate goal, and with that in sight, they decided to go ahead and they saw, they bought in. It's once they see LeBron buying in, everybody exactly. buys in. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Speaking of LeBron, who had a pretty darn good season, should have been MVP, was finals MVP, still the greatest player on the planet. I think one of the things that is being asked in as far as the number three topic is how long can LeBron keep this up? Now, all kidding aside, when we talk about him being a cyborg and still only at the age of 25, which he will probably be for the next 15 to 20 years. All kidding aside, Laker Tom, I'll start with you. How long can LeBron keep this up? I think we'll find out this year, Gerald. Without having the summer off, with a 72-game schedule, it's probably compressed. And turning 36 on December 30th of this year, we'll find out how good LeBron is going to be going forward. You know, these comments that he's been making to AD saying, this is your team, you know, I could retire tomorrow and be happy. First but he off, isn't. I, I don't believe that. But I do believe that he's going to turn the team over as far as the responsibility for scoring a lot more to AD as we move forward. And I think he's going to step back and be a lot more of a facilitator going forward, which is one of the reasons why, you know. That's why the Lakers need a third score, a consistent well, third score, if you we, actually want to go ahead and do that. Playmaker, but, but why Rondo is really important. So, you know, I, I think our priority is, is first off, I think KCP, by the way, I think Sean's comments about KCP were dead on. And he's the third most valuable player on this team, without a doubt. Um, and then I think the fourth most valuable player on this team is probably Rondo. So you, you can't bring, if you got to bring anybody back, you got to bring those two guys back. I hate the thought of Howard going to the Warriors. Or the Celtics the could be the Warriors. I think LeBron will play at least three more years till he's 40. I don't see him quitting before then. I don't see him quitting um, before his son get is if he's if his you know, son is good enough thing for the NBA. KCP is he's he's been wanting a multi-year contract every year and Rich Paul has convinced someone, him to take that one-year contract and to trust us. So, and then Palinka said the same thing. He'll if there's anything that's going to break the 2021 summer thing of saving all of the cap space so it's just ad and lebron it's kcp because they can't let him go he's just too valuable for this team we don't have another reliable outside shooter on the team who can consistently produce and who plays the kind of diligent defense and hard every single play as kcp his drives to the basket his assists off of off of rolling to the basket those were all superb this year he may be a little bit inconsistent, but I think that inconsistency even is something that is more of a hangover from the past uh, and from a few games here and there than it is. So, but getting back to LeBron, I think LeBron will stay for two more years and then I think he'll sign another contract. I think part of his whole thing is that he's going to play until, until the Lakers can draft Bronny. <laughs> and I, I also think that 
the Lakers would not be having this 2021 discussion involving LeBron James that it could only work with LeBron taking a pay cut unless LeBron has already said something to Rob Belenka and said that basically there'll be a point in time when I will drop out of the superstar salary so that the Lakers can get somebody to go with Anthony Davis. So the coup, I get the LeBron, the four more years. I would, love, I would love a front line of, of LeBron, AD, and Giannis at the but, this, know, will be, this will be a series. It'll be 36 this year, 37, 38, 39, 40. That's five more years. Go ahead, Jamie, on this issue because I got two more topics left and 10 minutes to do it in. All right, five years. Five years? Well, that was quick. So right I think, like that. I said, I think what the deal was with Bronny. Yes, if Bronny becomes a legitimate NBA prospect, then I think the realization is there. If it, if he doesn't for some reason or another, if he just doesn't progress the way he should or the way we hope. Oh, draft him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say, I'm not sure the Lakers are going to be in a position to draft Bronny. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he becomes a player. Be he, if he becomes, He's only ranked like, like the – 25th, 26th player in the in most of the he's not, class he's, ratings for his class. He didn't class. even start on his team yet, really. Yeah, it's, I think he's 14, 15. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. I agree with Gerald. It sounds like he wants to have sort of like a Ken Griffey senior ending to his career. He'd like to play at least one year with his son, at least to pass on some knowledge to him and get him comfortable inside a locker room with, with other men. You know, it's what <clears throat> Phil Jackson said, this is a man's game. And I think LeBron likes the idea of being with Bronny for a year and being comfortable with letting him letting him go and spread his wings on his own. Number four. Four, years, four more years of Bronny having LeBron as a coach. Going to help that kid's career. Number four on the topics. Is it better to cultivate a player or to pass the torch? A better Ooh. flexibility at top tier talent when the time comes. And I think you've already covered quite a bit of it, Laker Tom, when it concerns you saying that LeBron will go ahead, hopefully, and make some sacrifices financially. Although, you know, his sacrifices financially are not my sacrifices financially, but be that as it may, to, in order to go ahead and the Lakers to acquire more top tier talent. Do you see that Magic Man as being the case that LeBron will, as Laker Tom put it, make some sacrifices financially in order to go ahead and better the team going forward? I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, because fair enough. Chris Paul or, or engineered the, uh, I believe it's the under 38 now? Yes. Yep. So, yeah, he did that for a reason. He's plotting things out, and Chris is obviously plotting things out, so I think they did that for a reason. Agreed. The guy who sleeps in carbonite every night is not going to take a pay cut. It's just not going to happen. He puts his body through too much. He invests in himself too much. Um, legacy. Legacy. The goat is to be the goat. I think that that comes down to having Supermax contracts well into your late 30s as well. I, I don't think that it's yeah. just going to be on court production. I don't, the and, next and, three years he'll get the max, but probably the last two years he'll, he'll take 20. Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, this is this is the same team that, without any negotiation, dropped a twenty-five million dollar extension on a very injured Kobe Bryant's lap and said, "What do you think?" So, <laughs> granted, that was Jim and Mitch, and yeah, well, I, wouldn't I feel like Mitch doing it. I, I also feel like I kind of hope that Mitch finds his way back somehow, some way to the Laker organization. I don't like how Mitch. Are you feeling Jim, well? Yeah, I am. I, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying I feel good. Great, actually. I, I, 
shaved. I'm, you know, looking uh, good. Bite your tongue. I'm not saying I want him to be the GM. I just want him to come back into the Laker family. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying virtual, virtual fan board for the Lakers. There you go. I'm done. He could show up for autograph signings at Lakers reunions for the team. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been a great time indeed. But there is one last question. <laughs> it's the best one. The best one of all. In fact, Laker Tom is finally checking it out now. I know, I saw that. When will ESPN rename the trade machine to the Laker Tom machine? <laughs> because Laker Tom has been busy oh, all year long. And even more so now that the Lakers have won their championship and he has some time to go ahead and even play with it a little more. Perhaps. Not just this year, Jail. Not just this year. Well, yeah, I, I know. I, I, well, ever since I know him, he's been playing with it. So, yes. Oh, that's for forever. Yes, Since yes. it came into being. So, there's actually, there's actually I, a better I, trade machine than the ESPN <laughs> one, although it doesn't work to say, sometimes. I have to say, to be fair to Tom, Bill Simmons is really giving him a run for his money. Yes, that is true. That is true. It's true. It's um, true. But, you know, there are going to be more crazy trade proposals that Laker Tom will have for you. In fact, we see one almost every single week. But the only place to go ahead and check this out, besides Laker Tom's great medium articles, which I'll give him a full props for, even under some sprinkling of crazy Laker trades in there, but also the fact that he mentions all the stuff at Laker Tom on Twitter is the great place to go for all these guys right here, including myself and all the material that we do is at Lakerholics.com. So before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and get an update from each and every one of you on what you're doing besides crazy. You know what? I think in the near future, I think we all got to have an episode here that comes up with some crazy Laker trades. You know, so next week, on top of the things that we're going to talk about, including Avery Bradley, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, JaVale McGee, that, their future next week, We'll go ahead and think of some crazy Laker Tom trades of our own for next week that could actually realistically work in honor of Laker Tom. So we're going to call it the crazy Laker Tom episode next week. But before we head on out, we're going to go ahead and talk about what we're up to. And Sean, I want to start with you, my friend. I gave you a hard time on the show today. No hard feelings, as always. It's all good. And as I always say, it'll be great in post. I want to hear your thoughts, man, on what you're up to at Lakerholics. Thanks, Gerald. And again, preemptive apologies for post. That's that okay. That's why, that's, why, that's why my best friend's name is Audacity. Thank you very much. You know what? I'm working, I'm working on a post on uh, Aaron Baines. I believe in a previous podcast I had predicted, I believe he not only will stay in the Western Conference, he'll stay in the Pacific Division. I believe it's going to be, you know, a race for, for Howard and Baines in that division. I believe the Warriors are going to end up with one or both of those guys, and the Lakers or Clippers are going to have to end up with the other one. I, it, Baines is a really important player this offseason. He does a lot of things, both offensively and defensively, that can change... It's injured uh, a lot, though. Does he does get injured? Yeah, he's a lot, older. He's in his mid thirties. He has, but has added a really good three point shot to his game true. that Very true. makes him a valuable key contributor. He could play thirty minutes for a contender right yes, now. Yes, he can. Absolutely, that's that's great. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we Lakers seem to specialize in some 
all often injured mid thirties players. So there you go. Uh, he would fit right in. Hopefully that suddenly find a miraculous bill of health during the season that they win a championship, i.e. Dwight Howard. So you never know. Well, I, I, I also like the idea of an, of another guy who played against LeBron in battles and now is going to team up with him for a ring. I, I like that idea too. You like Tristan Thompson. Is that who you're talking about? Or Paul Millsap. Oh, Millsap. That's another free agent who looks pretty good in a Laker uniform right I agree. Now. Yeah, as long as you're not expecting a whole lot, because you saw with a, with still the expanded role in Denver, you saw it was, he's not the player that he once was, but he can still give you some effective minutes off the bench. Jamie, I know you've got some five great things heading up uh, for you on Lakerholics.com. What you got? I'm working on some, as I've you know, highlighted what I liked about the bubble this week, uh, I think I'm going to work on some rules changes I'd like to see the NBA adopt, or just general improvements to how the NBA could be run on the, on the court, off the court. I think it's doing pretty well. And one last thing in, on top on, on the trade point being that I think the Lakers should be focused, ex- not exclusively, but mainly on trying to stay soft capped, re-sign as many of the key players as they can. And then even to like, maybe, you know, try to make, try being the key phrase here, but try to get some team friendly deals in terms of tradable, because I think that there's going to be a lot of movement at the trade deadline this year on top of what the badness that we normally see, because some teams are going to be seeing the window close and whether Chris Paul gets moved in the off season is a big question mark, but I don't see Chris Paul finishing the season in OKC. And I could say the same for Giannis and a, and a number of players. I, I don't necessarily see uh, all the superstars that are on the teams that are on now finishing the season on the teams that are on now. Celtics could be looking to move somebody like Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown or a lot of, I could see a lot of movement depending on how the regular season goes down uh, and how the level of expectations. So I would prefer us to be aggressive in the trade market on down the line where being hard capped doesn't necessarily when you're hard capped after the trade deadline it's not such a big deal but when you're hard capped at the beginning of the season like the warriors were this year and you saw them struggle to field a team that made any sense whatsoever despite the injuries so i'd like to see the lakers avoid that scenario at all costs but other than that working on some five things and uh trying to keep uh trying to keep my uh, glass half full of uh, optimism and practicality well ours is half empty but go ahead laker tom before we head on out, what's you up to on your medium.com page and that little thing you've got called Lakerholics.com? I've got three articles that I'm working on simultaneously right now. One of them is the eight players that the Lakers need to make sure to keep it or bring back. That's my core eight players that uh, I think are important to the team. And I'll leave it for that article to come out for you to know exactly which eight I'm talking about. I've got another article on the trades that a series of different trades. Uh, I put out a tweet uh, last week of the five players that I'd like to see the Lakers consider as possible trade targets. And I've got some adaptations in that because of of a desire to make sure that the trades open up more cap space so that we can keep all of those players that are on my list of eight players, which we can at this point in time, unless we were to get that 5 million of dings taken off or unless we can engineer a trade that brings us a little bit of cap relief. And there are teams out there, all of the the five or six teams that have cap space are all teams that aren't really 
free agent destinations. So one of the things that those teams always look for, one of the weapons that they have to equalize things is the ability to take back contracts. Um, so there's some opportunities there. Uh, and then I've got a, an article that's a follow-up on the series that Sean inspired about uh, 2020 and what a wacky year it is. And we're, we're a bright beacon of hope in, in, a, in a year of nightmare disarray. And that sort of crosses another line that I've sort of allowed to be crossed at Lakerholics.com to a certain extent, which is that uh, I also think that in addition to the Lakers championship, the November 3rd election is going to be the second beacon of light that's going to illuminate and make the 20s a lot better than the end of the 19s. Go out and vote. Please. Please. Just go out and vote. Whatever way you cross, just go out and vote. Okay? Let yep. the decision be heard through there. I'm hoping for the, the same thing. Like, I already have. I, as I did, too. I actually went down to City Hall and turned mine in directly. So I ain't playing with no USBS on that one. So I double-checked it online, and it's fine. I just walked right in. Yeah. Okay. I just walked right in. You hit up City Hall just before closing time. It's all good. They're all gone. So, <laughs> yes, that's good. Yeah, best way to do it. My daughter went with me as well because she's excited to vote in the next general election. So it was just great doing something with her again. It's the second time she is with me as far as the votes concerned, as far as being there to see the process, and it's been great having her understand that process. So. Vote is the key Gotta word. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Gotta vote. Leave your money at the table by voting this November, whichever way you go. Now, mind you, all of us here think a certain way, and we vote a certain way, and we hope you'll we do the same. Well, you don't kid yourself. Right. <laughs> trying to be as fair and as... He's just know. trying to be peace. He's just, she's not trying yeah, to be uh, exactly, overblunt exactly, about it. Exactly. So... All My right. wife's been inundated with Donald Trump emails. The whole family now wants her on their side. That's what we got emails from Melania, Don Jr., Donald himself. It's just amazing. Ivanka. That's one of the things I would ask as far as if there could ever be an ordinance made as far as all the paper and all the signs out there as far as political campaigns, if that all could be done away with. Because we waste so much paper, so much in stuff as far as the signs and the paper and all this stuff, all go to digital advertising. We're going forward for political advertising. But before yeah, we head on out, on. I just want to go ahead and tell everybody, yes, my class homework is finished as far as being written. I just got to go ahead and add the links to it so you'll see it this week on Lakerholics.com. I felt like I was going back to grade school with this assignment I was giving by by <laughs> Professor Magic Man. Don't publish it. Just post it and save it. Yeah, I know you told me already. Yeah, but you'll see that. You'll see that coming up in the near future at Lakerholics.com. But I also have, again, a worldwide radio show known as the Pop Culture Cosmos. It hits twice a week wherever you get your podcasts, covering a lot of the latest news and information in the world of pop culture. Josh and I dropped a show that's going to be hitting our radio waves and also everywhere you get your podcasts. So you want to check that out. I'm also doing a Game Source profile of the upcoming game Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we're doing and it's dropping every Wednesday, a new game profile for the upcoming hit video games this holiday. It's going to be hitting every Wednesday, so you want to check that out. In fact, we'll go into a deep dive coming up in the near future on the next generation of consoles. And of course, if you're a fantasy football lover, you also hit up Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Chris Sardieri and I do a great job there as well. And don't miss Gerald's excellent contributions on the part two of uh, Raphael's 
NBA Draft Junkies draft thing. The guy shows that he's not just a one-trick pony. He actually can, can deal on a really beautiful wide range of assessments of draft prospects. It was a terrific podcast, and everybody can get a, see a copy of it and click on it at Lakerholics.com. Absolutely. And you can check it out out there. And then all the great stuff that Rafael Barlow is doing. Big shout out to him at NBA Draft Junkies. It was a pleasure cutting both mock drafts from 1 to 14 and 15 to 30. It was a great time doing that. You'll get to see my pick for who I think the Lakers, if they pick that for themselves, which right now is very much up for debate. I would love to see a trade for Lou Aldang on that one. But, you know, that's just me. But, I love the picture. Yeah, they can't. How could they do that? They can't do that. No, they got rid of that with the Aaron McKee trade. You're going to have to clear his base, like you said, Town. The, the Luol Dang. Been waived already. You can't trade him. Luol Dang, you have to go ahead and find a way to stretch it. The injury, I mean, they've appealed to the league as far as uh, seeing if that, that's the case because of career ending injury. They're, gonna, they're trying every which way to get that off the books. So. Just, just add Bradley to any trade that you make. Trade even no, no, money. No, 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 no. no that's, that's for next week. We'll talk about that next week and so much more. I want to thank everyone for watching, everyone for listening. It is the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. If you have any questions for the crew, be nice. Be very nice because we did get some feedback this week and uh, we truly appreciate it either which way. But please be nice if you can. At Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. You can always go ahead and send us some love out there. And thank you to the thousands and thousands of listeners we've garnered over the course of the 175 plus podcasts that we have. Cannot thank you enough for listening to us. We consider ourselves the best of the Lakers podcasts that are out there. And we back it up each and every time out right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.